Welcome to Man Fully Alive Podcast. My name is Mike with a mic. And I'm Deacon Nick. Man Fully Alive comes from the well-known quote from St. Irenaeus that says, The glory of God is man fully alive. Do you want to be a man fully alive? Do you want to be filled with both passion and purpose for God and your own life? Do you want to find out just what you were made for? Then join us on Man Fully Alive Podcast. Episode 29. 29. Here we go. But this is the fifth part of our five-part series on uh, the search for happiness, and I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good we finally wrapped this search up, you know, <laughs> and let's just get on to other searches. <laughs> it been a good search. Uh, but today's awesome. We're going to talk a little bit about um, sacrifice. In fact, the title's kind of funny. Uh, I'm so glad that we have children and we can learn from them too. So we're asking ourselves today, sacrifice, yummy or yucky? I also think this is kind of a funny one that it happens on our 29th podcast because later we might lie and say that we're on our 29th podcast again, you know, because we're we're worried about how many podcasts we've had. Right. You know, so we'll just go back and we'll be like, oh, this is obviously the 29th. Obviously. We've just done the 29th again. (laughs) Or whatever number we're on. Yeah. So sacrifice, yummy or yucky? Yummy or yucky. Um, and, And so is it, is it just something that we have to endure is it just something that that happens and we can't do much about it or is there any value any value whatsoever and so we've got a great scripture uh the greatest of sermons the sermon on the mount from jesus that we're gonna uh look at at least the part on the beatitudes so uh hey do you want to you want to open us up in prayer absolutely name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the countless blessings that you place in our lives, the ones that are easily seen and recognized and those that we don't take note of. Help us to be everything that we are called to and to rise to the challenges that you place each day within our own life. I want to pray specifically for those who have no one to pray for them or those that don't know you, Lord. But today... I just ask that the words of your scripture be uh, interpreted and to take root in our heart and to change us for the better. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So the, the reading, like, like Nicholas said, if you'd like to follow along, this is from Matthew 5, uh, Matthew chapter 5, and it is verses 1 through 12, 1 through 12. So, a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. When he saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Powerful words. Powerful words that, that instruct us, that, that teach us. And I think, at least for me, surprise us. Uh, I look at these words and I think to myself, gosh, God is calling me to be a poor, meek, you know, yes, merciful, clean of heart. Hungry, some of these, some thirsty. of these, yeah, hungry, thirsty. You're calling me to be hungry and thirsty? Like, some of <laughs> Mission <these> things, accomplished. <laughs> always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 11Zs, right? We're like hobbits. <laughs> I mean, snackage all the time. Yeah, I just happen to have this candy bar on my person at all times. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go ahead and look at this list. We can look at each one and, and kind of uh, unpack them, if you will. Yeah, let's let's find out what the masculine implications of the Beatitudes are. The Beatitudes. It, it means to be men full of attitude, right? <laughs> no, maybe not. Uh, maybe not. I really got carried away with that one. Uh, <laughs> So first one was, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the the little cliff notes, footnotes portion on my Bible, and I have the New American, Bur- New American Bible. The poor in spirit in the Old Testament, the poor are those without material possessions and whose confidence is in God. So regardless of whatever social class you belong to, a realization that I am poor when it comes to comparing myself to the Lord, that I have nothing to give to him that he cannot give to himself, right? That, that God is a complete being and I am an incomplete being. Thus, the reason I am poor in spirit to the Lord, that I am at his discretion and I am at his mercy, yeah. right? So my well-being is, is reliant on him. Right, and it's it's interesting how the two are related because elsewhere in Scripture, Jesus just says, uh, blessed are the poor. It's a blessing to be poor. Wow, that, that's strange. Well, the reason why is because to be poor helps us to be poor in spirit. And uh, when we're poor in spirit, you're right. We, we are totally and completely dependent upon a loving and merciful God who knows best what's good for us, right? Yeah. And previous to this, I, I remember you said that the largest boom in atheism happened at the dawn of the grocery store. The grocery store, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the mass uh, availability now of people having food and all these resources that they would normally have to either work off the land or you know, work within a limited supply or save up for a later date, right? Yeah. Now you have this surplus of food and drink. And now, I mean, you go to the grocery store, it's like a, a, a place you could have a binge fest of oh, yeah. all your favorite foods are all in one place. And gra- you get it in five flavors now. Right. So, and, and not only does that cause us not to have a de- dependency upon God, but it also pulls us farther and farther away from the community. And it makes us less and less dependent upon each other. Yeah. Uh, which God calls us to as well. So poor in spirit is big, is big. Um, and of course, he says there, for they, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, because it will make us desire him. Who doesn't want that? Who, yeah. <laughs> kingdom of heaven, that would fit in the yummy column as opposed to the yucky column. Yummy, yes, that's good, that's good. 
Uh, blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, I, I think as a man, mourning is not something that is encouraged within no. the masculine side of life. No, I don't, so, I don't think so. Hide your tears, son. Don't let anybody see you cry. Yeah. You know, don't let anyone see you in a place of pain or weakness or any of this, right? Yeah, that's the message that's just pumped into us from a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or even if they say, oh, it's okay to have emotion or have feelings at the same time, if once you express them, it's, it's met with, um, impatience and and they they don't really want to have to deal with your emotion yeah yeah they're questioning the stability of you as a person almost instantaneously following that time period of which you've made yourself i guess vulnerable right in front of others or in front of the stranger or in front of whoever that may be so that (laughs) blessed are they who mourn right I, i i we've we've had a a slew of people in my uh, not immediate family, but people that we know that have died great lately. And those who can come out and mourn with you, the loss of someone that's special to you, those are good people because they're saying, I know right now you're in a state of pain yeah, and I want you to know that I'm here for you. I, and it's at the same time, this is also the same world that's saying you're too busy. Taking taking off work to go to this or that or a funeral or, uh, you know, on the same on the flip side of the coin, those who celebrate, right? Those who enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. These these are people that are thought of as lazy. All you just want to do is play, right? It's right, right. We have really mixed messages in our culture. We say, you know, <clears throat> mostly we say work, 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 and spend, 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 yeah. rather than no mourn those things that are sad and celebrate those things that are good. We have to separate our attitude and our focus and our value system from what we do to who we are. And mourning is something that is a natural part of the human condition because we will confront death at some point in all of our lives. We will confront death, whether it's from a family member, whether it's from a friend. And if, if that's never reconciled, if that hole that happens when a person that was there is no longer there, it can empty a person out. So blessed are they who mourn, who outwardly show that they are in pain for they will be comforted. And I think all of us desire some level of a comforting for the, for the pain that we carry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And mourning isn't limited just to, uh, to death, but we, there, there, we can mourn all kinds of missed opportunities or things that we desire or the good things in life that, that we need. Um, and be mournful because they're not satisfied. Um, and yet in the Lord, in the end, they will be. We will be comforted in the Lord. Um, the next one, though, I always like to talk about in terms of meekness. Meek is is a word that just threw me off for the longest time. Actually, for a long time, I didn't even know what it meant. Well, and it, it's, it's strange that it would rhyme with weak. Right. Because we associate it with weak. Yes, we do. <laughs> so often people think, oh, he's, oh, what a nice, meek young man or whatever. I don't know. I don't know that people actually use that word very mm-hmm. often, but when it is used, it, it, I think you're right. People think of weakness. Think of, you know, people who allow themselves to be trampled upon or, or walked over. And uh, that's really not it. I, I loved it one time when I heard a talk on this 
And the presenter said, no, meekness is about having a, a really strong but hidden strength. You, you are able to take your passions, take your anger, take your desire for righteousness or justice, and you're able to meter that. You're able to temper that and say, <clears throat> I, I do want justice, I do want righteousness, but I'm not going to blow up at this situation. Yeah. I have great power and, and, and strength as a man, but I don't have to show forth that immediately or so strongly. I can temper myself and I can communicate myself well yeah. rather than in anger well, or passion. It's a mastery of restraint. Yes. It's not a lack of power. That's right. It's not a lacking of, of any level of authority or uh, fire or angst or those masculine natural things that come out because men do get angry and, and, and it's, uh, it's okay to be angry. It's just not okay to act in wrath. Right. You know, so meek is that tempering of all of those emotional fires that we associated with just, oh, he's hot-headed or, yes. oh, uh, you know, hot-blooded. <laughs> it's a great song, it's right? Great. Um, but the... Uh, just the person of, of a guy experiences all these different emotions. And the meek one is, I, I, I've heard humility described as right size in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. But I think meekness is sort of being right sized in, in reference to the, the communication with others, right? Knowing that this may be a teaching moment for this person where I could say something and it would be received properly yes. or, I could say something right now and it's just going to set this person off. They're going to be angry with me. They're going to think less of me for, for speaking out of turn. Yeah. Right. Or, or we even sometimes have to be meek in our, in our approach to, to people who can't take our power or our, our rage or wrath or anger or whatever. I mean, I mean, when we're dealing with children, Mm -hmm. they may do something infuriating, but we have to temper that. We have to approach them in a way that is loving and, and formative rather than, always overly corrective yeah i think i i personally could say there's there's a couple different outlets there where men especially with regard to interacting with their children are seen to be primarily the disciplinarian right yeah yeah and they may be checked out outside of that because they're on their phone or they're doing something and until it's escalated to the point where the kid is now bothering the, the dad right the noise right. between the siblings is bothering the dad that we lash out into sort of a hey you could get your yeah quiet down over do, there do i have to come back there i'm gonna turn this car around you know <laughs> right <laughs> but at some point you know if you catch you, you catch your kids off guard if you say something to the extent of i remember when i used to bother my brother mm-hmm. or i remember when i used to kick my sister yeah that wasn't a good idea and let me tell you why yeah and your kids are like what you did this you know it's more, it's more relative to them. It can come out, come across in a different way. But if we're calling our, our children to become adults, not to, not to stay in the position of children forever. Right. Um, I just read this little quote this morning that said, uh, I can spoil my grandchildren if I raise my children. But if I spoil my children, I may raise my grandchildren. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> right? Um, and, that and, awesome. and that is that is really, it kind of punches you right in the gut. But meekness is the 
maturity that comes, especially with guarding your emotions and sharing them, especially your thoughts and opinions at a time where they're able to be received and able to be applied. And as men, we have to show emotional restraint if we are to have functioning, wonderful members of society leaving our household at some point, (laughs) right? To go out and strive on their own. Exactly. Exactly. This is a this is a great list. I I know we're <clears throat> going through each one of them, uh, uh, but we should go to hungering and thirsting for righteousness. It, it in my opinion, this is the one that that I actually like. I, I I think it's so positive when when all else fails, when we do feel weak, when we do feel inadequate, when we recognize that we are dependent upon God because we just can't do it. To hunger for and desire goodness, beauty, truth uh, that only God can supply. I, I, I think that's such a, well, it, it says it, it is a righteous desire. I think, oh gosh, so this is a big thought. You tell me if it's valid or not. <laughs> this beatitude, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. This reaches to that child that's in all of us that loves superheroes, yeah, right? This yeah. reaches to the people that are like the noble thief, right? The the Robin Hoods, the the Supermans, the yeah. uh, all of those kind of, they had to do what was outside the law to protect the, the weak and the innocent, right? Yes. We yes. desire people that can be that heroic example and that, just that right voice, right? That stands up for the, the underdog and stands up for the, the, those in pain or those in trouble or those in, those in danger. Yes. And, you know, maybe this is how you, maybe Stan Lee was just, uh, flipping through the Bible here at Matthew <laughs> five and was like, Hmm, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I bet a lot of people have that hunger. I bet so. I'm going to create some fictional characters to, Go ahead and quench that thirst. Yeah. But we want that same, the reason those things are so popular is because we desire those same things within ourselves. Yeah. Right? I love seeing a, an underdog story or a hero story or the the kid that stood up for the kid that was being bullied. Like, I love that stuff. I love, yeah. I love it. I love seeing the, the dads come home from war and you see the kid like, freak out and go running to yeah, that because we all want we all want that hero in our life and we should have that sort of respect of the lord yeah right yeah absolutely or you know and you've really valid or me, not you really teed me up here yes i think it's totally valid and in fact i, I heard a, a talk about <clears throat> the the way in which uh these different stories of superheroes can can help us to understand grace itself you know and some of them are good examples uh, of, of grace and others are not. You know, grace doesn't work by by taking us <clears throat> who are depraved and terrible and, and all of a sudden making us good. Um, some people might say, oh, you know, that's that's like Superman. Like maybe we're nothing, but if we have the ability to, to grow in our powers because of the radiation of the sun, then all of a sudden we're Superman. Uh, grace doesn't work like that. Grace builds on nature. And what this talk ended up saying was that really the best superhero that illustrates this for us is, is this little guy named Steve Rogers, who was meek and humble and small-statured, and nobody thought much of him, and yet he was good. 
he he had purity of heart. It's amazing how now this one story is going to use all of these, right? It, yeah. It, it bring yeah. it all together. But grace does that for us. It builds on our nature. We are already good. God created us, and he said, oh, this is good. Even though we are fallen, we are still good. Um, and grace builds on that. Grace makes us uh, that superhero that can go out and help people, love people, care about other people, and, and enjoy a life of, of joy and happiness. Um, just like Steve Rogers, there, he was already good. But then the serum made him powerful, and he was able to express that goodness now through through his power. Yeah, and, and that's grace does the same thing. How he became Captain America, Captain you know? America. That's the, right. The, the American dream: the man can become whatever he wants that's to be. Right. right? And, and I think men still. Yeah, I think men still have that American dream, but it's not the white picket fits and the mortgage and the two point five kids. It's it's a man fully alive. Yeah. With with passion and love. And as we go down this list, we also see um, mercy. We should be merciful. We should be people, uh, men of clean heart. That's a that's a difficult one in the world we live in because the the clean of heart are the men that actually can see that there is flaws in the world, right? Knowing that what is outside you is not always good, right? That yes. The, that the influences of the world and the uh, the, the news feeds, the constant news feeds from every social network out there and the constant update. Hey, we just going to make sure you're aware. You got to be aware of everything that's going on all the time. Yeah. And you always have to have an opinion. Hey, just so you know, you, you better get an opinion on this because it's going to be a hot button as you hear yeah. for the next 15 minutes. But <laughs> get on it, get on it. That clean of heart requires us to also filter, filter dramatically the things that we put into our brain and as men man are we more visually stimulated than women are almost on the whole but we still have you know feelings we still have sensory from hearing things so am i clean of speech do i govern my mouth right yeah or am i pretty much a, a sailor's day off you know, <laughs> yeah. most of the time, I, I got to assume that there's got to be some sailors out there that are really well-spoken yeah. that are really like, man, I got a bad name for being a sailor. Yeah, hey, they, they think we <laughs> I, all curse all the time. I don't curse at all. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on this boat for 25 years and I haven't sworn once. Um, <laughs> but that that cleanliness interacts with how we see women. That cleanliness interacts with how we think yes. of our spouse. That cleanliness interacts with how we see the world and how we see other men and how we see our children. Yeah. Even, even how we determine what is just, you know, of course scripture helps us with that, but, but our attitudes are formed by all of this. And so, yeah, I mean, amazing things God is calling us to, and and these are all going to end up, uh, of course, being a part of the mixture of being a man fully alive. Yeah. Um, and we and got two more. We've got the peacemakers. We we just glossed over merciful, but man, there are countless times where you got to give people mercy, especially our wives. Yes. Especially our our friends, especially Children. those that, you know, maybe maybe you're the the righteous one that's been doing really well in his faith life, and all of your friends have fallen away from it. There will be a season at which your quiet confidence in the Lord will rub off on them yeah. or 
Maybe you are the fallen away one, right? Give yourself mercy first and say, I know I am not perfect, Lord, but I am more than happy to go to confession and get the absolution that the priest can give me, right? Get that contrition, get that that level of, I know I'm not right, yeah. but I'm trying, right? Because the perfect, the perfect Catholic, the perfect Christian is a practicing one. Just show right. up to practice. That's right. Right? And the saints weren't perfect. <clears throat> the saints are those who messed up and got up immediately. It's it's not about not messing well, up. Well, not not always immediately, but got up well, as got, quickly as, as they possibly as, could. As quickly as they possibly could. It's not about not falling down. It's about getting back on the horse, as it were, you know? Yeah. Getting back in right relationship with the Lord. Then peacemakers. Obviously, this is a difficult one in the world that we live in because you're supposed to be so comfortable with conflict, but those that can accept those outside themselves and interact with them in a peaceful way, right? This yeah. is where the uh, the Christian church, the first judgment-free zone, right? Yeah. This is, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to just be an accepting and loving person, but we are called to be peace-filled and peace givers right yeah yeah and i think i think at least in terms of the faith in terms of judgment all these kinds of things we grow in being a peacemaker most whenever we're not trying to persuade someone or change someone but simply attempting to love them not only will you keep the peace but but you'll actually encourage them more towards your side because they'll experience your love for them and they'll be open to the message you have rather than just pounding them over the head with it. Yeah. I mean, that's the way we do it, right? Yeah. Because if you guys won't do it right, I mean, (laughs) wouldn't you come around eventually to my way of thinking if you just won't get it right? You know, like no one, no one enjoys being belittled. No one. Right. So greeting people where they are the way Christ did for the for the apostles and, and using stories, right? Reflect on your life, reflect on these things, but don't do it in a place where you're like calling them out, right? Just greet people one-on-one and be, a, let that peace that flows from inside you, right? That, that where you've united yourself with the Lord, that peace can just trickle out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the last one here about, Blessed are those who are persecuted. Kind of brings everything together. Persecution is sort of like the ultimate version of sacrifice, right? I'm willing to be persecuted um, for the sake of righteousness. And if I do that well, if I have a good attitude, if if I do it because I love the Lord, um, that is a great sacrifice that we can offer up. And sort of this is the point of the entire podcast. We're looking at all these beatitudes and all of them, even like our ability and our desire to be merciful or our ability and desire to be uh, peacemakers. This calls forth from us great sacrifice. We have to be attentive to what it is we're doing. We have to be attentive to the needs of others, to what is right, um, to goodness and, and beauty and truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a sacrifice to filter out the things that are of the world so you can remain clean of heart. And it's a sacrifice to be reliant on God. Yes. It's a sacrifice to take time out of your day to mourn those who are lost or some pain that has happened in your life. Yes. 
And so to bring this full circle, God is giving us a list here of sacrifices and yet telling us how it is that we are going to be blessed as a result. The point is, we've been talking for the last four episodes now about the pursuit of happiness. Happiness is what we desire. Happiness in the Lord, to be men fully alive, full of joy, um, full of righteousness. And yet, oftentimes, more often than we want to admit, the path to that joy and that happiness is through the Beatitudes, through these different forms of sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, whereby we become men willing to lay everything down on the line to say, no, I'm going to live a life above par. Yes. I'm going to live a life for the Lord. And I know that's going to call something from me and, and call me to sacrifice and call me to difficulty. But I also know that in those difficulties, I will find great joy because God's will will be done, not only in my life, but hopefully in the lives of others. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Well, even another layer there would be if I can find happiness within these sacrifices, right? If instead of just having these sacrifices be a normal occurrence, if I could be wearing a smile when I am poor in spirit, if I can be wearing a smile when I'm mourning, if I can be wearing a smile at a point where I'm being persecuted, yes, right? Yes. And, and, and greeting people with genuine joy because knowing my value has nothing to do with anything other than the love that God has placed in my heart. Yes. Right? Precisely. Then, at that point, your happiness has transcended what most men will call happiness. Yes. It is, it is so far above. And the person that you are at that moment is innately the most attractive version of yourself yourself. and you at that point are the man fully alive because you've united yourself with pain and realized that there is joy in the suffering right that there is joy in tying ourselves to the lord in these different actions so i think you just said it mike with a mic the final verdict what do you think then sacrifice yummy or yucky Yummy. 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 Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take it out on a prayer. All right. Great. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, your message is not difficult. You call us to love. And by loving, we will be happy. We will experience your joy. But Lord, sometimes we find that difficult because loving calls something from us. It expects us to lay down our lives for others. It expects us to lay down our lives for you. To do the difficult work of loving, to making ourselves vulnerable, and to loving even when it's not easy. But Lord, we know that the final result is joy. And so we ask you, help us to be so completely confident in that. That in the long run, our small sacrifices, our willingness to love despite its difficulty will always pay off, will always find itself in you, that we may spend eternity with you, Lord, and love you forever. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. For Man Fully Alive Podcast, my name is Mike with a mic. And I'm Deacon Nick. Have a great week.